Welcome to The Serial Serial, a podcast about a podcast. Every week, a few Onion Inc. staffers will be talking about the most recent episode of Serial, one of the most popular and addictive podcasts on iTunes. This week on The Serial Serial, I'm Mara Eakin, and I'll be joined by Josh Modell and Ignati Vishnovetsky, two AV Club staffers who, like me, are totally caught up and ready to gab. So if you haven't listened to episode nine, do not listen to this podcast, right? Yes. True. I, I, don't, I didn't know I was going to have to gab, though. Sorry. So I I'm just teasing. I love to gab about cereal. <laughs> well, Josh, while you're talking, um, you were on this podcast last week. Do you has anything changed for you, like dramatically, uh, as far as Adan? Like, do you think that he's? Do you think it's still a two man job, et cetera? I do. I I I think I've even gotten sort of more sure in my theory that Adnan did it, and Jay is way more involved than he said he was. Um, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, thinking more about what Jay has said and, and trying to step back and listen to Adnan and not be sort of sucked in in the way that people were in episode one and the way Sarah seems to be even this week. Like, yeah, he's charming. Uh, and, you know, you want to believe that people are telling you the truth, but I, I just don't necessarily believe that he's telling the truth. I'm still not saying that I think there was necessarily enough uh, evidence to convict him, um, but I still believe that that those two guys did it together and that Jay talked to the police first uh, in order to sort of minimize his story. Well, we'll come back to the whole Sarah Koenig being on some bullshit thing this <laughs> week. Um, but Ignati, we haven't talked to you yet. Uh, what do you think? What's your theory? What happened? I'm trying to reserve judgment to the, <laughs> the best of my abilities. That's very un-American of you. It is awfully, awfully un-American. <laughs> um, to me, the appeal of, of Serial is, uh, lies less in... I guess the uh, the mystery or wanting to see someone exonerated than in the way it's laying all of these elements out. Um, I think it's it's really interesting as kind of a portrait of the criminal justice system and of this idea of uh, well, the phrase they keep coming back to is reasonable doubt, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that it's about finding the truth. I think it's kind of about how we construct this idea of what's reasonable or of what's going to be satisfying. Um, obviously, what would be satisfying to me as a listener is to have someone be exonerated, right? Because that's that's kind of a satisfying conclusion. But I don't think that's the conclusion that it's going to offer. I don't think the conclusion it's going to offer is necessarily laid out. But um, I think it, it's kind of where it, it's about what is that point where... Uh, we kind of we stop looking and just say that this is this is the truth. Um, so in that sense, I'm still kind of holding out. I mean, obviously, I like I like Adnan as a as a character. Um, <laughs> and I think that's that's kind of the way to think about it because I think a lot of criticisms of the show, and there have been uh, quite a few in the last few weeks, are um, aimed at it as journalism. And I don't really think it's it should be. Uh, classified that way. To me, it's nonfiction. And I think that that uh, involves its own kind of set of ideas and its own set of attitudes. So I think the best way is to just think of these people as characters within this narrative who are based on real people. Heartless. <laughs> yeah. And whose families go on Reddit and say like, hey, think about my sister. She's a real person, et cetera, et cetera, which is pretty... It does make you feel like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, we shouldn't track down Jay's Facebook page and... Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, speaking of which, um, I, I think the whole I, the way that Jay is framed within it is really interesting because 
she never says his last name, which is a you know a matter of it's in public record. I mean, mm-hmm. you can find it anywhere. But she's very specific about how she names people and whom she names. Um, and I know that there are a lot of fan theories about it going back. Like you know, anytime she didn't say somebody's last name, that meant that they were never going to appear on the show. Uh, or that they were people that she never could reach out toward. But now with this episode, it's kind of the two timelines are sort of converging, right? Mm-hmm. The timeline of the show now of people listening to it and the timeline of her lengthy investigation are sort of coming together. Well, that's a good place to sort, I guess, to get into this week's quote unquote bombshells, which is usually what we talk about on the show. Um, she, Sarah Koenig put three right up top. And that's basically those came from the confluence of the show and uh, the internet getting really into this whole podcast. Um, so the first one, I guess, and again, bombshells is always a relative term. Uh, we all find different things to grab onto in the show, and obviously Sarah Koenig finds different things to grab onto than, you know, Julie Snyder might or whoever might. Um, the first one was that there are no phones at Best Buy. How big a deal did you guys think this was? Oh, my Allegedly. God. I, I thought that was so... <laughs> absolutely nothing and it was made such a big deal of like here's this person 15 years ago you can't be sure of that sure of anything yesterday Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean who cares if you shoplifted CDs Uh, I mean uh, Laura was talking to me about this right outside this door and I was like Laura like how many uh, how many posts are between you and the wall? Like these, the, like literally her line of sight every day. I'm like, don't look. And I'm like, she didn't try, but it's like, you can't answer. You don't know for sure. And anyone who says that they know that something was 100% sure, especially something so inconsequential outside the trial, I don't believe. Plus, all that would do is sort of poke more holes in Jay's timeline anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe Jay's timeline anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think we've already... We already believe that Jay is a liar. You know, to how big an extent he's a liar, that's, you know, can, he can be a 1% liar or a 99% liar. Um, but it's interesting to me that we're so quick, or that Sarah Koenig or listeners or whoever is so quick to believe this girl that she said that she's absolutely positive there are no phones at Best Buy when we've heard that there are phones at Best Buy several times yeah. from different people, uh, from the police. Maybe the police did look into it or didn't. Who really knows? Jay said there was. He could be lying, but like she says that there weren't, uh, and we believe her. Yeah, and there. I mean, last week's bombshell was so much bigger to me. Like this guy Chris, who's like, yeah, we, we, he came to the pool hall, which is something we'd never heard of. And is someone like I'm much more likely to believe someone who's like, I was at the pool hall when this guy called me and he came here, than someone who's like, oh, I used to shoplift CDs, so I knew there were cameras there. Like it just seemed. Uh, if any, if any, if we're going to talk about her, uh, her journalism skill, like giving that any weight to me was not not very solid journalism. But I'm not saying we should be uh, viewing this as journalism. But on the other hand, it's also treating that as a bombshell is kind of a nice model of what we do and don't take as you know what do we reasonably consider to be a bombshell. Yeah. Right. Where, to what <laughs> point do we... Our standards are so low at this point on <laughs> yeah. this podcast that we're like, no. It's more like a cap gun yeah. or something. <laughs> um, speaking of that, uh, number two, I guess, second bombshell right up top, uh, quote unquote bombshell, um, was from a girl that knew Hay from the wrestling team and said like, no, their timeline's wrong. Hay couldn't have been done by 236, which uh, that definitely feels more thought out than I just never saw a phone there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was compelling, although it doesn't really mean that Anand didn't do it or whatever. It just means that the police's timeline was probably off. 
which I mean, we, I kind of already thought that anyways. Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. Like, so the prosecution for its case has to come up with a timeline that they may or may not believe is 100% true, but they believe that they can sell it to a jury. And the more confident that they sound, like if they come in and say, this happened at 236, the more likely a jury is going to believe it because they're like, oh, this person is who seems trustworthy is telling me this happened at 236. And they have evidence that it happened at 236. But it doesn't really matter. Like mm-hmm. Adnan, it could have happened exactly as Jay sort of described it, but at different times because everyone's memory is faulty. So I think all those two first bombshells, non-bombshells are just you know, almost completely inconsequential to me. But what about bombshell number three? I don't remember what it was. It was such an afterthought bombshell. It was that Aisha called to warn Adnan that the police were going to call him or going to say like, hey, I heard that Hayes missing the police coast called me. They're probably going to call you. And so thus, Kathy's perception that he could have been paranoid or annoyed could be different. Actually found, I found that actually a little more compelling than the other two things um, because they sort of painted this picture of, you know, what what Kathy said Adnan was acting like, which seemed very strange. And what he was saying seemed very strange if he were speaking to Jay or whoever he's supposed to be speaking yeah. to this mystery third killer. Uh, but if he was if it was as described in this week's episode, it sort of makes a little more sense. It doesn't exonerate him. Um Nothing ever will, probably, but... I do like uh, Koenig's word choice in describing it. She says that it rearranges mm-hmm. the testimony, and I think that's that's kind of an interesting idea that's, I don't know, always... Um, that, 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 for me, is part of the, the appeal of the podcast, is the fact that you're constantly being given this information. This information is not necessarily being disproven, but it is kind of being rearranged. Yeah, and, you know, the the important point maybe with this that last one is... Presumably, the jury heard Kathy say, oh, he seemed fishy, and then the prosecution said, oh, well, he must have been talking to X person, but they didn't hear, I don't think, right, because it was a bombshell today, mm-hmm. they didn't hear, like, oh, it was this person, and th- that conversation could have been much more innocent than it sounded. Yeah. Still think he killed her, but he could have sounded innocent. <laughs> and I also don't put a ton, I don't know, Kathy with the distorted voice, I don't put a ton of... um credence, I guess, in what she has to say as far as like how he was acting and if he was being weird and whatever. A, he was apparently super high, which everyone does crazy weird things when they're super high. B, like she had never met him before. Mm. So, I mean, you know if someone's acting super sketchy, but I don't know. She could certainly have blown it out of proportion in her head to begin with. So, I don't, I mean, I still thought, I don't know. I just think that I still think he did it, et cetera. But um, I don't. I'd like to see some proof that isn't hearsay testimony. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird because we're sort of retrying the case. And um, if I can throw in a topic at you, I know you're looking at your paper. No, it's fine. Um, but the whole talk about, uh, you know, first we hear from Adnan, which is the, seems to be the key thing making people doubt his guilt. Yes. Um, and then the fact that he did not testify on his own behalf and clearly kind of wanted to. I wonder if he had testified, if he was as charming as he seems on the phone, if the jury, you know, it only takes one person on a jury to say, like, nope, I just have a feeling he didn't do it yeah. to end the trial, um, you know, or to, to result in a mistrial. Because you need a, obviously, in a, especially in a case like this, you need a, a 100% unanimous jury. Um, and, you know, I feel like... That might have been his best chance, and obviously he probably really thinks that or thought it every day of his life. Uh, I mean, the then. judge did call him a manipulator. 
in the sentencing or whatever. Yeah. She was like, you've manipulated the jury, you've manipulated your lawyer, you've manipulated... Maybe he's manipulating us all. But he seems like such a cool guy, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that what we all think? Like, oh, what a cool guy. But that, that's, uh, I think that's kind of the show almost modeling this situation, right? Because uh, we're hearing from these people about how he's, or, you know, these ideas about how he's manipulative or mm-hmm. how he's like a sociopath. And then all we think is, oh, but he's so nice. He's yeah, so, he's a model prisoner. He's so charming. Yeah, he got an award from the warden. Distinguished Gentleman <laughs> Award. Yeah. I, honestly, I, and I'm probably in the minority here, um, the more I hear him talk, the less I like him. Like, yeah, I, agree. I, I think he's, I fi- I'm finding him a little, you know, I don't know, just less like Do you think he's too likeable. perfect? Yeah, I mean, he he certainly seems a little studied, and he has you know a couple of different mannerisms where he sort of sighs uh, when something comes up, like oh, you know, uh, it's just like this, and and you know, I, I just it seems practiced to me. And if you you know, it fits with my uh, since I'm the prosecutor, it fits with my model of him deciding at some point that he was. Never going to admit what happened because if you never admit that you did it, there's always a glimmer of hope that you're going to get out. Like he could get a new trial and get out. I, mean, I don't know that there was enough evidence to convict him. There was hardly any evidence in the case other than the guy who probably helped him. Um, so maybe he's holding out hope that he, you know, I don't know how old he is now, he's 35 or something. Maybe he hopes that he's still got 40 years left in him. Maybe he can get 20 of those on the outside if he sticks to his story. But how much of a how much of you not liking him and I am growing increasingly not to like him as well but it's I kind of think it's me looking for a reason to feel differently about the show or look for a reason to hate him or like someone else or oh, Sarah Koenig you're really annoying me that you think this phone booth is such a big deal so how can you like Adnan this much you know like if I am disbelieving in her then I'm thus disbelieving in Adnan I sort of feel like we're all looking for these little things now like it's going to be some little issue but I think that there's probably giant pieces of this case that are missing maybe I I actually don't I have no issue with her I, mm-hmm. I think she's I think she's you know she has her sort of quirks mm-hmm. but I think that's part of what makes the show really interesting and and what's interesting really to me about the show is is something that people have criticized it for and that's like oh here's this kind of regular person doing this investigation that's why it's interesting mm-hmm. um, because she doesn't necessarily, I mean, she comes into it with a little bit of a bias in the same way of taking it back to what Ignati said, like the way a documentary filmmaker might come in and have kind of a bias, but she's interested in uh, sussing out everything that happened um, and she's got some personality to it. And, uh, you know, I'd much rather have, if I were Adnan and I were innocent, which of course he's not, uh, <laughs> I would love to have somebody who is has no real dog in the fight because the people that put you in jail you know, I, sorry to say, the police and the prosecutor, they want to put you in jail once yeah. they've decided that you did it. They want someone to do it. Yeah, they, and, and I'm not saying that the police in any way thought he didn't do it and framed him and put him in jail. I'm mm-hmm. sure those cops were like, yeah, clearly he did it, but maybe those same cops, you know, we'll never know, said, oh, clearly this J guy had something to do with it, but the way we wrap up this case most neatly is let this J guy tell the story that he wants to tell. Maybe we coach him on it a little bit. Um, and that puts the guy who probably really did the murder or most of the murder in jail for the rest of his life. Uh, I agree. I don't know. 
I totally just forgot what I was going to say. This is Can a I, great I'll, time for the when you have a, When you have a brain break, I'll, I want to say something about what Ignati said before about um, using people's last names and not using them. Mm-hmm. My impression, and this may be a total guess, is that she asked people's permission mm-hmm. and did what they wanted her to do, which seems like a very NPR thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hey, oh, Jay, we're talking to you. And like, you can go on the internet. Jay's last name is Wilds. We're not in any, uh, <laughs> any position to not say it. We have um, no journalistic integrity. <laughs> well, you know, his name is a matter of public record. It's, uh, you know, so it seems to me that the only reason you wouldn't do that, there's no mm-hmm. legal reason she wouldn't say his name. Mm-hmm. She can't get in trouble for saying his name. Anybody can find his name. Um, is that she asked him and he said, I'd rather you didn't. But that also plays into the construction, I think, of a, of a certain narrative. And I think it also ties back to her own presence on the show because I think, yeah, part of, part of what makes it really listenable right is the fact that she's very clearly a narrator and she does have particular biases that i think are are pretty clear but i think she also makes them clear i don't think she's she's uh she's hiding the way she feels about uh you know particular elements of the case mm-hmm. or you know some it's, of these people it's part of what and makes I it think compelling, what makes it compelling well, is the fact thanks. that there is there's clearly an authorial voice that was sort of what i was what i had forgotten that i was was trying to say but basically is that we're also not hearing everything she's making mm-hmm. it like a 30 minute radio broadcast so she sort of feels like oh I talked to six other people and they also confirmed this she might not say that she might just say well you know so and so told me this and then but that person's the most compelling source that it comes from so we're hearing that um, the second thing I was going to say is the first names thing is kind of interesting to me because I was editing a piece this week about uh, that Laura, again mentioning Laura, wrote about Rabia's blog and the whole time she was writing it she was talking about Adnan and Rabia and I was like, okay, I have to change these to Syed and Chaudhry because mm-hmm. that's our style. But that does make it so the show is like, oh, we know this guy Jay, we know Sarah, yeah. we know uh, Adnan, we know, and it's all these first names. So you feel like you're more intimately involved in this case than you would be if she was just calling everyone by their last name. Well, names yeah, it's or, very de- and hey, right? It's yeah. all very, very deliberately constructed to sort of turn these these actors within within the case into like very clear characters in your mind mm-hmm. um, even though we don't you know if you unless you google something you know you don't even know what any of these people look like <laughs> all right uh there's one more bombshell and this is like a podcast uh quote-unquote exclusive uh it was something that got sent around the office today on the serial website there's a post from julie snyder about how they looked up the weather for january 13th 1999 which is the day hay went missing um, and they found out that it didn't snow uh, until the next morning. So when Asia McLean, who's Ad- one of Adnan's potential alibi witnesses, tells Sarah Koenig that she remembers that she, quote, specifically remembers seeing Adnan after school on January 13th because she remembers the snow and said it was the first snow of the year and she got snowed in her boyfriend's house that night. She thinks school is canceled the next two days. It didn't snow until the next morning. So maybe she didn't really see him at the library that day. Maybe she... You know, is not as credible as we made her out to be. Well, I, I mean, she's credible, but not necessarily for that day. That yeah. might not be the right day, right? And that's um, maybe she saw him on the fourteenth. <clears throat> no one remembers, and I think that's where uh, cops do a really interesting job. And that eyewitness testimony is super unreliable, sort of famously <laughs> unreliable, which is why they look for um, other types of evidence and. It, I think it should and could be super easy for them to hear that story and be like, I'm dismissing that. Just as they should dismiss the woman at the beginning who's like, oh, there was definitely not a payphone there. Like, I'm sorry, you can't tell me there's definitely <laughs> no. not a payphone there. 
There've got to be some photos someone took somewhere in the Best Buy parking lot where you yeah. can see. Well, or you could just <laughs> find out where the pay the company that operated. Oh, they tried that. They tried that. Oh, so it's, that was a big, right, big right. bombshell from a yeah. few weeks ago. But to me, it just sort of it, it doesn't matter because it's that is designed to fit this prosecution timeline, which even the prosecution probably knows is potentially very faulty. Well, here's my question: what What matters to you? God, country. Uh, yes, I'm all of those things. No, what really what evidence matters within to me? this within this <laughs> narrative? What is going to satisfy you? Well, nothing is going to satisfy me. You know what? You know what matters to me? What matters to me is a couple of things. There is there's little reason for Jay to lie completely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what matters unless to me is unless he did it, unless Just he did putting it, sure. it out there. But it, but also <laughs> seems very unlikely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, what matters is motive. So Adnan probably had more motive than Jay. They were hanging out together. Um, what matters to me is how much of the truth uh, that Jay is telling. Now, whether he's telling, like Mara was saying before, 1% or 99%, he, he's sketchy. Like he, his story has changed so much. And to me, that's the, that's the stuff that's kind of worth exploring here. And who picked up where, when, is it's, almost, it's kind of playing lawyer ball, you know? Like, oh, we're, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is what actually happened. It doesn't really matter what time it happened, and no one's ever going to know what time it happened. We're, the only people that are ever going to know what happened are Adnan and Jay. Um, so that's all that really matters to me. And and the most simple explanation, which is usually the right one, right, is uh, is that Jay is telling some version of the truth. Um, and in looking at sort of human nature, uh, Jay would probably tell the quote-unquote truth, I'm doing air quotes now, podcast listeners, uh, that makes him look look the best and is going to get him a deal. He got exactly what he probably hoped to get when the cops first came and talked to him. Like, if you're, you know, if you've watched any court TV or whatever, (laughs) you're processing in your mind, like, if I make a story up right now that pins it on someone else and makes me look really good, like, maybe I'll only get a year in jail, or maybe I'll hit the fucking Jay Wilde's jackpot, <laughs> testify, and never have to go to jail, which actually was a really interesting thing when that juror said that last last week. Oh, he didn't have to do any jail time? Mm-hmm. Like, you're an accessory after the fact. You helped bury a body, and you don't have to go to jail at all? <laughs> well, and the juror's assumption that he was telling the truth was founded on the idea that he was going to get some jail time. At least a little bit. That's yeah. why they usually do that thing in Law and Order where they're like, are you being, comprom- you know, are you being uh, paid off or whatever for your mm-hmm. testimony? Not paid off, but like, right. I can't think of you're the word. You're getting Yeah, compensated. Are you being compensated for your, your testimony you're today? you anything in return. And yeah, yeah. of course he was. And that's, you know, unfortunately that's, a, we can take this to the much higher level of the American justice system and how it's screwed up. But it's kind of true. I mean. But I, well, I. They couldn't have made their case without him. There was no case without no, there's no, no physical without evidence, him. or there may be physical evidence that they haven't uh, tested yet. But Josh, what if it's some third man? I don't believe. Have you considered <laughs> that it is a serial killer? Yeah. Have what you about considered the one-armed man? Multiple, so then multiple. we'd have to have a a serial killer and b j be a total psychopath who just makes up stories that have at least some elements of truth to them. <laughs> and the fact that Jay, why would Jay try to pin it on Adnan if they were hanging out together? Like it doesn't make any sense. The only thing that makes any sense is that. Adnan killed her. Jay was very much more involved than he said he was, or at least a little bit involved, or at least as involved as he said he was, and that he knew that getting out in front of it with the cops was going to be the right thing to do. And you have two cops in a room for hours before they start the tape recorder telling him, 
this is how you're going to look best. No, you're saying that it's the only thing that makes sense. Why doesn't Adnan just being innocent? Make yeah, sense? I was going to say, how, why is that it is just also not an Jay? option that makes sense? Why does Adnan not being why, it doesn't make sense? Because then why would Jay make up the whole story? Because then Jay, we because would need Jay a motive for Jay, and we would need need Jay to be the murderer. So I okay, I'll give you that. That is 05 percent makes sense, but ninety nine point five. That the version that is out there is what makes sense. Jay's and motive was, is probably as strong as Adnan's motive, which is he's like, yeah, I don't think he was like this crazy. I don't know. But I they were hanging out together. Crazy. They both admit to hanging out together that afternoon. So is Jay like, what's the Jay timeline? How does Jay get away yeah. and kill Jay and bury say, the body? Fuck you! I'll tell you what happened. Well, yeah. that's that's the thing that it's not that the show really isn't building is an alternate timeline. Right. All it's really doing is taking apart the the Adnan timeline. Yeah, and and I'm all for the show doing that and honestly like from what I've heard I'm surprised that there was not at least one juror who said I have some reasonable doubt because reasonable doubt is not a hugely high standard um, uh, what I mean to say it is a hugely high standard um, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say uh, no but if you if you feel just like a tiny bit like uh, I can't put this guy away forever let 12 other people decide to do it you know what I mean like yeah that should be what it is like yeah you haven't met my burden of proof. Yeah. You were in, a, you know, you were on a jury for a while last year. You talked about last week. Yeah. Did you feel pressure as a jury to come to the same? I mean, did you have a verdict? And did no, you? No, it was pr- horrible. We <laughs> we went in to deliberate, and um, I I thought, you know, I don't want to get too deeply into this, but I thought, oh, it's a slam dunk that this is we're basically exonerating everybody. It was a mm-hmm. civil case about a medical malpractice. And we sort of took a little poll right when we started, and it was literally six to six, <laughs> and no one moved. And like we were in there for three days, and no one moved. Um, and you know, I was the foreman too, and I had I ended up sending notes to the judge like, "There's no way this is happening." There was this guy who was like this total asshole who was like, "I know you are never going to change your mind." Like some of these other people, kind of reasonable. So we tried for a while, and then eventually we were in those in there so long that they settled. So. If you have some weak-willed people in there, though, you know, they could probably be pushed. There were people that moved, but this, the Adnan thing, they convicted him in two hours. Two hours. And that's 12 people. So they clearly went in there and said, which is why I really think he should have testified. I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but mm-hmm. Even if he, he had agrees. testified, <laughs> there needs to be one person on that jury who's like, he's sweet. I don't think he did it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he's sitting there silent the whole time, yeah, the judge can tell you, you can't take that into consideration, but you're a human. Of course, you're going to take it into consideration. I sat in that jury room. Uh, on that case that I was on and there was a woman who you know the judge specifically said you can't bring your own uh, experience and your your biases into this and it was a case it was a complicated case about had to do with sleep apnea and she just kept saying I have sleep apnea so I know that that's what killed this guy mm-hmm. and I'm like we just heard three weeks of testimony <laughs> from both sides and you're just deciding because you have sleep apnea that this that that these doctors are you know should be she just, sued like, for millions off of dollars mm-hmm. for those yeah three she weeks. completely turned off so all, and I mean being on that jury actually made me lose faith entirely in the <laughs> justice system it was so fucked up well I, I've got a question for you Josh um, if you are so sure that Adnan did it then what's do you have kind of an emotional investment in this show what is your no I don't I don't have an emotional investment I, and I'm not you know I it seems to me that that's the most logical thing plus. You know, just the fact that they were hanging out together, the fact that that Jay is putting himself in harm's way by telling the story to begin mm-hmm. with. He doesn't know he's not going to get any jail time. It just seems like the most obvious thing. So I'll give you, you know, one percent 
maybe Adnan didn't do it and Jay is just trying to frame him. But that seems like the most common sense to me is that 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 there's a much there's a version of Jay's story that implicates Jay a lot more that is actually what happened. And then why why do you <laughs> are you listening to hear this. that version of the story? Yeah, exactly. No, no, not at all. <clears throat> um, I think I'm listening... we're all sort of listening though to hear our version of the story in a way. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the podcast in a way. I think. Yeah, well, I, got, I mean, I guess I could cop to that a little bit. I mean, I'm interested in, in you know, the uh, kind of everything about it. Like the, you know, I'm even though it, it drives me crazy that the woman's like, there's, there's definitely no phone booth. I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting that that you would have somebody like out there saying there's definitely no phone booth because you don't fucking know, lady. <laughs> you don't know that there was no. There might not have been a phone booth, but you don't know a hundred percent. So I think the the human element of it. Uh, is really interesting and I think that's a really important thing that Sarah Koenig brings to this whole thing and again I like her I mean people kind of make fun of her and a little bit and and are you know talking about how this is you know not good journalism like it's not supposed to be journalism it's this woman exploring the story and you know she's not writing if she were done exploring it and writing you know a 30,000 page uh, <laughs> novella about it uh, a non-fiction sorry uh, some sort of non-fiction account <laughs> I would expect her to be fact checking and and admitting her biases or whatever but she's not she's a person on public radio telling the story of getting this email and starting along this journey which is why it's interesting and the I don't care second we leave here now I'm going to start I'm going to go and listen to the very beginning of the podcast and see if they say this is journalism no I don't I can't imagine they would we'll but find out. You never I know. don't know because you'll have to tell us next week on <laughs> The cereal, the cereal, cereal. cereal. Oh, I still had one more bombshell. Sorry. Oh, shit, that's okay. Are, are we going super <laughs> long? I don't care. It's a little bit long, but it's What fine. was the long episode? It was like... 44 minutes. But some of that was asking for money. Just, um, like, just like real NPR. Yeah. And She's the other... going to give all that money right to Adnan. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't really <laughs> think she's going to do that. Maybe. Uh, the other thing was, the biggest bombshell of all to me in this episode was that they don't even know what season two of Serial is about yet. Like, they're like, we don't know what it's going to be about, but you should give us money for season two. And it's like, you've been working on this story for a year and it hasn't even crossed your mind to think of like a second story or like no one's made this pitch. We could be waiting another year for season two. It's like Mad Men or Game of Thrones. Well, I, for one, uh, do not feel entitled to another season of Serial <laughs> right away. I can wait. Um, I think it's funny. I mean, I think I part of me wondered when they said that if uh, if they were actually just going to keep going on this case. Much they longer than can. I said. They could take some break and then Especially if they keep getting emails happen. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, originally they said how many episodes? It 12. Like, I said 10 to 12. 10 to 12. We're hitting 10 yeah, on the next not, episode. Yeah. No episode There's, next week, you guys. Well, yeah, no episode. <laughs> Justice the week takes a break for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but the week after next, we're hitting 10 episodes. And really, uh, this doesn't feel like it's wrapping up. Well, it's never going to wrap up. That's the yeah. other thing we said that last week is like, there. there's no conclusion to this. Because if, if what I think happened really happened... There's no reason that Adnan would come out and admit doing mm-hmm. this. I mean, the only reason it would it, it, that could happen is if some magical universe where they were like, well, if you tell us you did it, we'll let you go. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. So there's no, I mean, we will, we will never know the truth. I mean, Jay could say. Jay could, but he's got no reason he's to. he's going to go to jail. Because well, you know, there's no uh, statute of limitations on murder. That's right. And he's only been found guilty of accessory after the fact. He hasn't been found not guilty of murder, so that's mm-hmm. not double jeopardy. They could theoretically, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of the case, but as, it's my understanding. If they haven't charged him with murder, he could be charged with murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, final question, how much are you going to donate to Serial, Josh? 
Oh, I don't know. I was in the car, so I almost <laughs> did the text thing. Oh, yeah. But then I thought I was unsafe. <laughs> uh, Ignati? Any money? <laughs> An undisclosed amount of money. <laughs> oh. Probably, it's tax probably deductible. sandwich, sandwich <laughs> money. <laughs> it's tax deductible. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, should I do a buck an episode or like, I don't know. It's just crazy. If I had to pay a buck an episode, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. They have five million listeners. They ought to be able to get somebody to underwrite this thing. Well, they've had five million downloads, oh, five which million could downloads. mean they have like, you know, eight hundred thousand. I mean, listeners. I downloaded it like six times each time. <laughs> if, I just if keep this, downloading uh, it. If this office, if the Onion Inc. office in uh, Chicago, Illinois, is any indication. Literally everyone in the entire world is listening to Serial. <laughs> and everyone listens to it yeah. the very first, like they listen yeah. to, they get up early on Thursday morning to listen so to it. So you heard it here first, seven billion people <laughs> are listening to Serial. India loves Serial. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. Ignati, Josh, talk to you guys in two weeks on uh, the next episode of the Serial Serial. Yay, Yay goodbye. Oh, oh, oh.